Hi, hello, welcome to Grapple Pie, part two, payback. My name's Daniel Swan, thank you so much for listening. Um, I assume, I assume that having, uh, listening to this, you have already listened to uh, payback part one. If you haven't, why are you jumping in with part two, you crazy cat? That being said, why am I telling you how to live your life? Do whatever you like. Thank you so much for listening. You're an absolute saviour. Um, yeah, so we're diving back in with uh, payback part two. Where are we up to now? Where are we up to? Ambrose Jericho. Oh, who saw that coming? That's that's an exciting feud that everyone is cares about, right? Wrong. It's just two good wrestlers and two good talkers having a nice match. Um, so let's dive in. Let's find out how it was. What's up, future Dan? What's up to you, past Dan? Hey, yeah, look how that worked out. Editing. Um, so yeah, Ambrose Jericho. Um, like I say, didn't have a, a particularly good build-up for me. Um, Jericho often seems to find himself in these weird stories, um, like feuds for weird reasons. Um, the AJ Styles thing, I mean, the AJ Styles thing had a bit more reason, but I remember there was one where he was in a feud with Kane because Kane spilled his coffee or he spilled Kane's coffee or something. Just weird things. I think just because he's a good talker, WWE are like, fuck it, we don't need to worry about it. Like, whatever we put you in, it'll work out all right because you'll do a good promo and people will care about it. And this is kind of the same thing um, with the, oh, you stole my TV show. How dare you? Um, Which is fair enough. I mean, it's it's a decent reason, but I don't know, not necessarily befitting of uh, the talents of Mr. Jericho, who I'm a fan of. Um, But it worked out because you just, you know, like with, uh, I think I said, the last... um, Raw before payback, the uh, the grapple pie, where there was a, a a promo between Jericho and Ambrose, and it d- it didn't really go anywhere, it didn't really do anything, but it was great because they're both charismatic, they're both good talkers, um, and that's kind of all you need. It's the it's the the scary thing, um, and so yeah, here we go in a match between those two, that where it's like yeah, okay, who's who's going to win again? No real story going into it, um, but hey. If Kalisto and Ryback can have an outrageously good match without any kind of story whatsoever, uh, then I'm sure these guys can as well. Um, There's some cowardly heel Jericho stuff at the beginning, which I love. I love heel Jericho much more than good guy Jericho. It's the same as The Rock. Like, let's have bad guy Rock. Let's have bad guy Jericho. That's that's when they're at their absolute best. Anyone who's particularly good on the mic, I kind of feel like the bad guy stuff tends to be better. Um... It was a very nasty kind of back body drop um, to the outside um, by Jericho on Ambrose that, that looked pretty nasty. And then a, like a jumping baseball slide that looked very stiff, um, which was a shame. We had a nice um, let's go Ambrose taunt um, by Jericho, which I thought was uh, quite nice. Again, just all of these heel tactics, all just the way he dresses, the way he acts, telling everybody to shut up. I just think it's it's very again it's like um, Zane and Owens like it's not particularly complicated stuff. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. This is wrestling. It tends to be a very simple thing, um, but if you do the simple things well, then you're an absolute god, um, as far as I'm concerned. And this yeah, Jericho is just such an effective shit. Um, he uh, he did the. I did think it was a little bit bad. He did the kind of um, Prince Albert. Um, what would it be like kind of slingshot rope uh, rope choke bit where it's like the neck's underneath the rope and they do the kind of 
as if it's going to be a slingshot backwards, but they get caught up in the ropes. I thought after the Enzo injury thing, I thought maybe they, someone should have said, hey, Chris, I know you're planning on doing this spot, but maybe let's just do a different thing. Um, there was a nice bit with uh, where Jericho was tell- angry and telling the ref to count faster, um, which was good. He uh, told um, uh, Ambrose to stay down at one point, which is the same thing that um, Baron Corbin did. Um, to Ziggler and the same thing that Roman Reigns did to AJ Styles that's three times in one night which is a damn it D-Lo if you listen to OSW Review or watch OSW Review which if you don't you absolutely should because it's the best thing on wrestling on the internet Um, two long walls of Jericho escapes Um, I like a good good guy fighting out of a bad guy submission hold for a long time and taking a while but when you have two of them in the same match, I do think it's mm, a little bit, a little bit much, uh, possibly. Um, although, if you're gonna battle out of something like a sharpshooter or a Walls of Jericho, whenever you can get that spot where the good guy is like walking forward on his hands, and you can see he's all bent back, and oh, that, as a visual, that works very, very well. But just let's try and limit it to one per match, guys. Um, yeah, so Jericho was kind of in control of this for a large part of it. Um, and then out of kind of out of nowhere ish, uh, Ambrose just hit the dirty deeds and then he won. Um, it was all right as a match. It was a little bit long maybe, and it didn't really build in the way that you possibly want it to possibly because they didn't really have that much of a storyline behind them. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fine. It was good. Possibly, uh, possibly the disappointment of the night, maybe, although the next one might in the uh have the crown for that one um but yeah i thought it was a good match i thought it was a solid match um kind of like with um jericho's match with styles at wrestlemania um just fine just fairly kind of workmanlike and fine maybe even not quite as good as that um so yeah on in another pay-per-view this would probably be one of the better matches but for for this pay-per-view when the, the wrestling quality was so high generally um, a little bit of a disappointment for me, but don't you dare be sour. This is yeah, this was a good match, uh, solid match, told a story. Ambrose wins, gets a win, which he needed a win um, after just kind of getting his ass kicked for several months now. It seems like uh, Roadblock got pinned. Um, was it Roadblock? No, what was the fucking one? What was the? Was it Roadblock with the? No, because Roadblock was the, the little mini house show thing that they built up. So Roadblock, he got pinned by Triple H in the title match. Fastlane, that was the one, got pinned in the triple threat match for the main event. Um, and then WrestleMania got the shit kicked out of him by Brock Lesnar. So he definitely needed the win. It's good that he got a win because he has the potential to be a, a main event guy. He's very, very over. Um, and yeah, Jericho didn't need the win. So that's, yeah, it, it makes sense. Um, and uh, yeah, good match. Good, solid, good, good match. Next up, we have the women's match. The women are wrestling. Um, Charlotte, com- uh, Natalia comes out first, as it should be. The challenger comes out first, wearing an awesome Bret Hart T-shirt um, that I think I kind of want. Very, very cool T-shirt. Um and then Brett comes out and everybody pops massively for him, which is good. Obviously, he's kind of gone through his, uh, I think it was prostate cancer, had a bit of a scare with it, had a bit of a bout with it, and uh, got the one, two, three on cancer. 
um, which is great and lovely to see him out and uh, obviously kind of up and about. But having said that, he looks terrible. Um, movement was was pretty ropey all the way through, uh, which I thought was a bit of a shame. Um, if you're gonna bring out some, you know, kayfabe wise, if you're gonna bring out some kind of enforcer. Um, you know, maybe make sure that they're a little bit more mobile um, than he obviously is. Uh, but they did bring up the cancer stuff, um, which kind of made me think, is Natalia actually going to win tonight? Because obviously everything's pointing to Charlotte um, retaining the belt. She's been champion for long enough now that whoever dethrones her, it's going to be a, a momentous thing. It's going to be a big thing. And realistically, it's only Sasha Banks that's over enough um, to make that happen. Um, speaking of which... We want Sasha Chant very early on in the match, which I absolutely um, applaud. How how is it that there's the match of the night at WrestleMania, and the night that everyone's like, "Hey, you know, it's all about women's wrestling. We've got a women's championship now. It's not the Divas title anymore. It's women's wrestling." And then the women go out and have the match of the night at WrestleMania. They steal the show at WrestleMania, um, and then the following month, two of the three participants aren't even on the card. And it's like, oh, we're just going to be these two women. But it's kind of, in some ways, more about the men that they've got outside. It was, it was a, it's a weird decision for them to, to go down this uh, route. I, I thought they could have very easily just had a, an entire repeat of um, the triple threat match. I think a lot of people would have been very happy about that because it's it was a fucking great match uh, at WrestleMania. And to not have, yeah, Sasha Banks, she, she was... They had a couple of bits, obviously, with um, uh, people talking to Stephanie and Shane to build up the, ooh, who's going to run Raw? So Apollo Crews was talking to Steph, and then Sasha Banks was talking to Shane. Um, but yeah, to not have him wrestling at all, not even on the pre-show, just just chuck him in a match. Who gives a shit? Like, put him in a match to, against each other. Do it as a number one contenders match. Doesn't matter. Just have have them involved in some way, surely. Um, yeah, so that was a bit of a shame. Um, so yeah, it made it seem like obviously Charlotte was going to absolutely walk away with the uh, with the title. But then the, when they're talking about the cancer, like as as many people will be well aware, there's nothing in kayfabe terms that makes you a better wrestler than somebody that you're a blood relative of going through a very tough time outside the ring, i.e. illness or death. That just Im- immediately makes you an incredible wrestler. Um, yeah, so then it started off, that was kind of, it was all right, but yeah, the, the We Want Sasha chance was kind of hurt a little bit, I think. Um, Charlotte did a, a kind of an awkward flare flop um, in the corner, um, but then came back into a, a lovely German suplex. And, a, you know, anytime there's a botch, I think in any match ever, I just think the wrestlers, as quickly as possible, just get a German suplex in there because people love German suplexes. You'll forget anything if it is preceding a German, a lovely, crisp German suplex. Um, I love Charlotte. I think she's great. I think she's really, like... Because I haven't been watching wrestling again full-time um, for very long, only the last kind of few months this year, really. Um but I just think she's she's really even in that time she's got a lot better at being a prick, um, being a kind of Jericho Owens level um, prick. Very chatty in the ring, um, in a Bubba Ray Dudleyish kind of way, um, which I always 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 love. Um, very chatty, having a go at the audience, having a go at the opponent, 
all working out very, very well. And then doing this amazing, she did a single leg crab. She tried to get a figure four, that didn't work. Went into this single leg crab and like put her foot on the back of Natalia's neck to kind of double it up. It was almost a kind of Walls of Jericho kind of thing from old school Walls of Jericho, an actual Walls of Jericho, not just a Boston crab. Um, and that looked great. That looked vicious. Very, very cool. Um, yeah, so I, I just think she, was, she is doing really well and she continues to do very well in this. Um, there was a weird, like, out of outside, there was a weird kind of Hurricane Rana that was almost botched. It was kind of botched. I think it was supposed to be like a Hurricane Rana into the steel steps but it didn't I'm not sure that Charlotte really reached them so that it was a little bit awkward um and then she uh went for the figure eight again and Talia kind of went for a slap it looked like she missed the slap but it still worked so there were a few little kind of awkward botches um but then as Charlotte does there's a beautiful moonsault a picture perfect moonsault maybe a little bit too much rotation kind of landed on her feet a bit more than you'd like but it looked incredible um and then this weird selling on the figure eight by natalia where where charlotte kind of got the figure four on and then immediately she just started shouting no 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 i'm not tapping it's like that's not selling like just sell it like like the figure four when i was growing up when i was old school wrestling fan like early 90s wcw the figure four by Flair or uh, who else had it? I remember Greg the Hammer Valentine had the figure four as well. And people sold that like they were literally setting their leg on fire. It was harsh. Um, And yeah, it just wasn't particularly good selling. Um, Overall, it was a pretty good match. I'm making it sound worse than it was. It was was a good match. Both of them are good workers. um, And they, they did well. But then fucking... Charlotte gets the sharpshooter on Natalia and then they do a Montreal screw job and Charles Robinson calls for the bell and gets the fuck out of there. I'm like, what? What's going on? And the first thing I wrote down was Montreal screw job, fuck Lil Nate. Because of course Charles Robinson back in uh, WCW was uh, the corrupt um, referee who had hair almost as white as Ric Flair and therefore was Lil Nate and used to interfere or kind of fuck over his matches. Uh, so I was like, are they going back to that? Is it what's... And I was like, A, don't do the Montreal screw job with Bret Hart standing right there. Don't do that. You don't need to do that. That's not nice. And B, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it, I, if, if it's not explained, if Charles Robinson doesn't come out and say, oh, I'm in cahoots with the flares, then fuck off, man. Really? Like, where does that... It just comes from completely out of nowhere. Like, right, we can't think of a way for Natalia to win, but also for Charlotte to win as well. So let's just... Uh, the referee's corrupt and he does the thing. Like, meh. It was a shrug of a finish, which was a real shame because um, the match, you know, did deserve much more, but it deserved better than that. It was a good match with a very, very bad ending. Um, and then they came out and they got their pop back with a, a double sharpshooter um, which was nice which is uh, even though it, t- it took a long time for uh, <coughs> Brett to get it on and I wasn't wasn't sure whether that was because his mobility was impaired or he was worried about breaking Ric Flair who must be about 124 by this point um, but yeah that took a while but everybody loved the double sharpshooter so that's a nice way to finish it but yeah just um, an odd decision I just thought yeah as well Brett Hart having him in like 
having Ric Flair as a manager absolutely works because Ric Flair is charisma personified. He would he's just dripping with charisma. Um, but one thing that you know, you can say a lot of things about Bret Hart. He's one of the greatest technicians that has ever set foot in a wrestling ring. I don't think that's hyperbole, but charismatic he ain't. Um, it's one of the things that possibly um, hampered his career more than anything else. Um, that he's a you know he's a bit of a charisma vacuum. He's just like just just watch me wrestle, guys. That's that's all you need to do. Um, so having him as a manager, he didn't really do much. He didn't look super bothered about the match whilst it was going on. But yeah, so for this one, great match, shitty ending. And if it's not explained on Raw or something, then fuck. <laughs> And then, here we go, here we go, we've got the bloody uh, Vince McMahon decision. Which, which way will he go? Will he go with Shane? Will he go with Stephanie? Now, A, nobody really cares because it's, you know, it, I think people are, the, the wrestling crowd these days is sophisticated enough to know that it's not, you know, this doesn't actually mean anything. But if you're going to do anything like this, just keep it short. This went on for like a half an hour. So long, so long. Nobody cares enough. Um, but highlights of it, he comes out immediately, huge CM Punk chant, which he was kind of playing along with to his to his credit. Um, he did a... <coughs> he said one of the reasons that Raw has been on so long is that it has, manages to evolve at all times. He mentioned the Attitude Era for a little cheap pop. No mention of the PG Era, um, unusually enough. Um, he told the crowd to shut up and said that they were animals, which I thought was quite nice. Um, Stephanie comes out and starts saying something. I, I wasn't really paying attention. I was just focused so much on how terrifying the crowd were. Like, I'd shit myself if I had to do a promo in front of them. They were out for blood. Fuck you, Stephanie, um, which is great. Um, Shane came out and he was talking about... Uh, so she, basically, Stephanie came out and said, oh, all of these great things have happened since the authority have been in charge. Um, and then Shane came out and said, oh, but look at all the headlines that have been since I've been in charge. And lots of, you know, Rolling Stone and, um, I don't know, some other websites. One of which was like, oh, 10 reasons why Shane should be WWE's on-screen boss. Which I thought was an interesting almost cafe break um, for them to bring, bring it up on a pay-per-view. Very, very long segment. Um, and then... Vince says that the line that will immortalize, hopefully someone will turn into some kind of meme to be put on the end of a, a lot of different things. I don't listen to anybody except me. Right, how true. Because guess who's in the main event? Roman Reigns, the WWE champion. Um, and then it, he, for all of this time, it's like half an hour, he's just like, oh, both of you are running Raw. How will you coexist? So it's like, so nothing changes then. Nothing changes. Um, yeah, really didn't need to be that long. Kind of pissed me off. No point. Who cares? CM Punk. And then the latest episode of Everybody Hates Roman. Um, yeah, so the, uh, Styles comes out first, which makes sense. And is obviously fitting with their view of things where, well, Roman's the baby face here. Bloody, not AJ Styles. Um, so he came out, everybody hates Roman. It booed, booed the shit out of him. Um, 
as he was walking into the ring behind him there was a when it rains it bores sign um, which I thought was uh, strange that uh, security hadn't confiscated that already um, there's a lot my favourite sign Saki asshole Chicago sign if AJ wins we riot <laughs> that was uh, oh you Saki shit um as soon as the match starts, there's Roman sucks chance. There's you can't wrestle chance. Very very slow start, um, which didn't necessarily work well to to quell the crowd. And I I don't know what I don't know what their plan is. Whether because if they're trying to get people to like him, then a slow start of a match isn't going to work with that. They need I don't know I don't know what they can possibly do to make people like Roman Reigns at this point because he's just so boring. Really, really boring. He's just a charisma vacuum. Wrestling, as has been proven time and time again in the WWE, doesn't really matter that much. It's not about wrestling. Hulk Hogan is a terrible wrestler, but he knows how to work a crowd. He knew how to work a crowd better than anybody else um, at that time. And so everybody went nuts for him. He, he, you know, everyone has a go at John Cena for the three moves of doom. Hogan has punches, a big boot, and a leg drop. That's it. That's all he does. And then he did a power, He did a scoop slam once to Andre the Giant that was so momentous because he'd fucking done something other than a leg drop that that's now gone down in WWE history. Um, it's about charisma, and Roman has none. Absolutely none. Um, so a couple of power bombs uh, early-ish. Um, they were talking about... They mentioned uh, AJ Styles' IWGP title reign in Japan, which I thought was quite surprising, acknowledging that wrestling occurs elsewhere in the world. Um, and then he did an amazing uh, lariat to uh, clothesline to Roman Reigns. And then JBL, um, in a classic bit of uh, enunciation... I, I can only imagine that the phrase was, you talk about Japan... Uh, when Roman throws a clothesline, you say, Arigato. I think that was the phrase, but all it came out was, you talk about Japan, Arigato. Makes no sense. Makes absolutely no sense. Get off commentary, you son of a bitch. Um, yeah, they did the... Roman Reigns was beating AJ down um, and telling him to stay down, which I was like, that's not a good way to... Um, sell him uh, to the crowd. I thought that was a weird way of booking the match. Um, and then it, the, the match kind of exploded um, with a, a phenomenal forearm through the table, which was an amazing spot. So Roman's outside the ring. AJ does a, a kind of jumping from the top rope outside the ring, gives him a forearm, and they both go through the table, which was great. Um, and then he couldn't drag Roman back into the ring to reach beat a 10 count. Oh my god, AJ wins by count out, but Roman keeps the belt. Obviously not the ending because Anderson and Gallows haven't made an appearance yet, so nothing can end until they do. And sure enough, Shane comes out and says, No, I'm a good guy. This isn't gonna finish like this. We're gonna restart it with no count outs. Hey! Uh then AJ goes to the top rope, jumps off, um, Reigns gives him a um I didn't really understand it at first. Reigns just gave him a kind of a punch to the gut as he was coming down. But he sold it like Roman's fist was made of bullets. Um, and he was like, which I thought was strange. But then the, the commentator said, oh, he, he gave him a punch in the you know fruit basket. So obviously that was a Superman dick punch, um, which the referee then DQ'd him for, which I thought was great. Um, it's the first DQ for a low blow 
ever, I think, in the WWE. Um, but then, obviously, Stephanie comes out and says, no, this is going to be no DQ now, which instantly, in my mind, I'm like, right, Anderson and Gallows, here we go. Um, and then they do come out. Um, and they do the Boot of Doom, which, according to uh, JBL or Michael, I can't even remember who it was, but again, enunciation, guys. Talking is your entire job. Called it the Boot of Doom. So that's their... Um, finishing move the Buddha do uh, Styles had got a couple of Superman punches one when he was trying to go for a phenomenal forearm one just a regular Superman punch and sold them like he'd been hit by a train uh, which I thought was maybe a little bit too much because they're not finishing moves they're, they're signature moves so let's not sell them more than they need to be sold um, the Usos come out there's a brawl to be fair to him and this this is the best thing that Roman's that the Roman does uh, did an amazing swan dive to the outside. Looked absolutely fucking gorgeous. Um, so that was that's great. Um, but then, yeah, Reigns gets the spear, just one spear, and then a one, two, three. So it's a very gimmicky ending. Um, it was not. I mean, it kind of makes sense, but it, yeah, a disappointment. But then I think it was always going to be a disappointment. Everyone was always going to be upset because Reigns was always going to win and everybody wants AJ to win. Um, and they said at the end, AJ Styles is the phenomenal one, but Roman Reigns is the guy. So it seems like they're going for that. as like, that's a nickname for him, which again, is just the worst. It sounds like on like a WWE video game when you create a wrestler and it doesn't have his name um, in the, the kind of commentary so you can just oh it's the superstar but it's it's just the the guy it's roman reigns is it's the you know the 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 fucking the the guy he's the guy you know um yeah and so it finished like that and it was a little bit weird a little bit disappointing but then obviously straight away you got to go to the mcmahon's because you can't finish a pay-per-view or have anything without the mcmahon's they didn't start the pay-per-view so they have to finish it um and then, yeah, they just set up a rematch straight away for Extreme Rules, um, which is only three weeks away. It's on the 22nd, um, which is very strange, I think, that they're going into it that quickly. So I think we're going to have quite a few rematches at uh, Extreme Rules. Um, but yeah, I thought that was strange to set up the rematch straight away, but I'd, I'd imagine it was to, to try and leave the fans happy who were annoyed that Reigns had uh, won to try and make them think, yeah, but Styles might win at Extreme Rules, which he won't. Um, so yeah. That that was the main event, uh, and every and every champion left with their title. Thank goodness, nothing changed. Greetings, greetings, greetings of interest. Who won? Who jumped? Also, the match of the night. That's right. That's right. It's time for three things of interest: uh, the champ, the jobber, and the match of the night. Three things of interest. As I said at the end of that, no thing changed. Um, so no champ, no championship belts changed hands, uh, as I think we kind of expected, but still a little bit, you know, weird. Um, it just felt like a kind of continuation, um, of things. It wasn't really, you know, payback. I mean, a payback should be lots of rematches from WrestleMania. Like, Oh, you got the win at WrestleMania, but I'm going to get payback at, the next pay-per-view which didn't really happen it feels like payback's actually going to be extreme rules 
which leads me on to the second thing of like extreme rules only being three weeks away, which I think ties in with nothing moving forward because it's like, well, there's not a huge amount of time to build up a lot more new stuff um, between now and then. So I do think there's going to be a lot more uh, rematches um, set for extreme rules um, of what we had tonight. Um, I mean, it seems as though... Um, I mean, if if we have a little list, look at the uh, the list of matches, if we can just get that up nice and quickly, thank you very much. Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, I can imagine that one going again. Kalisto Ryback, having that for a third time might be a little bit of uh, a little bit of overkill, so possibly not that. Amore and Cassidy versus the Vaude Villains, obviously that's going to have to have a rematch because obviously that ended in a no contest. Kevin Owens and Zayn, definitely Miz and Cesaro, possibly combining with Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, as in a four-way for the IC title. Ambrose and Jericho, I mean, it was never a particularly big feud anyway. Um, so if they wanted to do it again, they probably could, but it wouldn't surprise me if this was this was it and they both move on to possibly slightly more interesting things. Um, Charlotte and Talia, hopefully not. As I can say, just get Sasha Banks and, and Becky back in there. What are they doing sitting on their asses? There's no reason for that. Um, and then Reigns versus AJ Styles has already been confirmed uh, for, for Extreme Rules in an Extreme Rules match, whatever that means. Um, so, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more um, repetition um, in Extreme Rules, which I guess makes sense because it's like, oh, we couldn't settle it in a regular match. Let's do it in a cage or a ladder match or a ambulance match or whatever bollocks they're going to come up with uh, and then the third thing of interest fucking adverts um, now obviously there's always going to be adverts all over um, the WWE network it's only $10 a month that's not actually that much for the amount of programming stuff that you actually get it's, it's very good value um, but it's don't like they're really hammering over the head the, the camp WWE thing which makes sense because that's the thing that's debuting after um, after the pay-per-view, um, even though they were plugging that at the end of the, the pay-per-view, when it should be, I mean, realistically, it should be JR screaming, oh my God, this is what's happened, my God, what's going to happen overall? Thank you very much for watching Payback, good night. That's how every pay-per-view should end. Even if he hasn't called the action, he should just be brought in just to do the end of it. Um, but they were saying, oh, let's stick around for Camp WWE. I know you've watched this, you know, what's supposed to be the culmination of a, a, a big, you know, four weeks worth of television uh, and feud building, but stick around for an adult cartoon. Even though when they did one of the adverts earlier on, which really annoyed me, they were talking about Camp WWE. They were saying that it's for adults only, but they were keen to stress but everything else is PG everything else is PG this is the only thing that we're doing that isn't PG even Extreme Rules which looks like by all rights it should be not PG because it's all about weapons and being extreme that's going to be PG as well so don't even worry about it um, yeah so the adverts piss me off and don't you dare fucking put an advert in the middle of a match when it's not on TV don't do that. Like when you can control the entire thing because it's on your network online, why put it in the middle of a match? Makes absolutely no sense. Really annoyed me. I think it was a bit of an insult to Kalisto and Ryback for, you know, they're trying to put on a match and it's fucking, anyway, annoying. Very, very annoying. Um, the champion of the night for me, Kevin Owens, he won his match. He was standing tall after another match as well. He, he was amazing on commentary, very, very funny, very entertaining, great match, etc., etc. Um, 
absolutely winner of the night, champion of the night, Kevin Owens, MVP, whatever you want to call him. He was amazing. It was the night of Owens, really. Uh, loser of the match, obviously, has got to be Enzo um, because he got injured, um, which is a real shame. But hopefully, fingers crossed, he'll be back um, nice and soon and there won't be any long-term damage from this uh, concussion. I know WWE are very, very hot on concussions at the moment, so uh, hopefully he'll be getting all of the, the uh, rest and recuperation that uh, he hopefully needs. Um, and then the match of the night, obviously, I said it before, and we all knew it before it was even um, before the pay per view even happened. It was Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Amazing match, high spots, simple wrestling, nice story told. Crowd were massively into it. It had every every element was working perfectly. Great good guy, great bad guy, great finish that leads us on to another match. Hopefully in the future. Can't say enough about it. Um, so yeah, that was that was my review of uh, Payback. My thoughts, my views on Payback. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know. Um, and the website squarespace.danielswan.com on Facebook at um, uh, Facebook forward slash the Daniel Swan uh, on Twitter at Palugin P A L O G I N. Um, or even give me an email, danielswan41 at gmail.com. But thank you so much for listening. Hope you come back and listen to uh, another one. Should be doing another one tomorrow, actually, yeah, for the raw, the fallout from payback. How will Shade and Stephanie coexist? Um, but until then, thank you so much for listening. I'll speak to you again soon. Cheers. Cheers.